Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And welcome back, everybody. Episode 55 of the Announcer Schedules podcast. We are back with a ton of stuff to get into. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, tell me a story I don't know with George Austin dropped on Tuesday. Last word on sports media with TJ Reed. That drops on Wednesday. We drop on Thursday, generally here. And every once in a while, we'll do a standalone interview. So make sure you subscribe to Last Word on Sports Media and the Announcer Schedules pod. So if we do do a standalone like we did last week with George Sedano, that you do get that interview delivered. Mike Gill and Phil DeMont Mollen. Phil, of course, is the voice behind the handle at Announcer Schedules. We're going to take you through everything that's going on, including Phil. Uh, hopefully you had a re- really nice holiday because, sadly, right after this holiday or right before the holiday, we had some major shakeup in our industry, which we're going to discuss. But hopefully you had a nice Fourth of July and some time off. And I know, speaking of time off, we are recording a day early today because you have some time off coming up. Yeah, I'm heading down to, to Florida beginning uh, tomorrow, you know, where I'm uh, you know originally from and, and so forth. So I'll be down in the Miami market this this weekend. And yeah, you know, it's it's been nice to have the the holiday and so forth and was able to take in some some cool TV and radio telecast and broadcast uh throughout the the weekend but yeah rough news this past uh Friday when uh the name started to come out on these latest rounds of layoffs from ESPN and Disney yeah just to go behind the scenes you know Phil and I will generally text back and forth when we see something you know that we want to discuss and I sent him the text that Jeff Van Gundy was the first name and he simply responded wow and when that name came out we knew there were some heavy hitters about to come, and sadly, there were more. So let's start off with Van Gundy, because he may be the most accomplished uh, analyst in what we do, talk about play-by-players, analysts, broadcasters. Jeff Van Gundy, 17 years on the NBA Finals, 15 with Breen and Jackson, 17 years as an analyst, 15 on the NBA Finals. Uh, many people think that Van Gundy is maybe the best at his craft right now. Yeah, this was a real stunner, you know, no no doubt about it. As the uh, lead analyst for the NBA on ESPN and ABC, including the, the NBA Finals, 95 NBA Finals games he's called, which is second only to, to Mike Breen. Um, we talked about him, you know, uh, getting to that 100 Finals uh, call, you know, during this past year's NBA Finals. But the fact that uh, Jeff Van Gundy, uh, was let go kind of tells you that anybody you know this is a this is a possibility for I would guess I mean I know there's reports that there's certain untouchables at, at ESPN the guys with the really really big salaries and, and so forth but Jeff Van Gundy was a real stunner you know 15 straight NBA finals with Breen Van Gundy and Jackson that trio longest lasting trio in the history of sports broadcasting so that comes to an end um, you know so a couple thoughts there 
Jeff Van Gundy, you know, if he wants to continue his broadcasting career, I'm sure he'll be a pretty lucrative free agent. So we can maybe go into that. But also, you know, what's next for the NBA, uh, you know, lead team, you know, now that Breen and, and Jackson, you know, will continue on. But Van Gundy's no longer. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, why Jeff Van Gundy? I mean, how much is he making that they decide, you know what, let's break that team up 15 years on the NBA Finals. I mean, why does the Grim Reaper come to Jeff Van It's just such an odd process of, hey, let's go to our lead NBA analyst and remove him. I know they got to get rid of salary. Um, I don't know what he was making, but uh, it, just a, it just seemed like an odd person to, to, to go after um, and there's been a lot of theories out there as to why he was the choice. Um, but hey, you mentioned it. Um, what's going to happen with the NBA television rights deal? Because that's coming up. Is Turner and ESPN going to have the NBA? Most likely, probably. But a streamer will probably come into play and Amazon Prime and Apple TV, somebody to that effect. So if Van Gundy wants to keep going, he probably will have some different options. But it would be interesting to see him move over to TNT with that crew over there. Um, but Jeff Van Gundy was the first big name. And many of these names, by the way, were reported by either Andrew Marchand at the New York Post, A.J. Perez, or Mike McCarthy at Front Off the Sports, or uh, tweeted out by the talent themselves. One name that came out, part of that broadcast crew, the ESPN pre- and post-game, is Jalen Rose. And, uh, you know, the ESPN... They just can't seem to get their NBA pre- and post-game show right. They finally seem like they had something going here. They had the same one going for two years in a row with Greenberg and and Stephen A. Smith, um, Michael Wilbon, and Jalen Rose. And then they decide, let's break that up. Jalen Rose, he's out. Yeah, I mean, once again, similar to Van Gundy, I don't think quality of work or, you know, chemistry with, you know, current uh, shows and operations. It's almost like that part isn't even part of the, the calculus. I don't know what the calculus is to, to make these decisions. You know, it, you know, it's it's coming from the corporate level and, and that kind of thing. And there's a bunch of accounting taking place and all these things. But so many of these examples, um, you know, tell the story to me that your quality of work doesn't really matter here, nor does sort of, you know, the rhythm that you might have with whatever show you're on, you know, because they're, they're, we'll, we'll continue to to talk about it as we go through this list that, you know, um, you know, some of these shows and some of these products that ESPN has are, are getting broken up basically by, by, by this round of, of layoffs and that kind of thing. Back to Van Gundy real quick. You mentioned the, you know, upcoming NBA uh, rights deal, you know, NBC, um, has is reportedly uh, a real player potentially in that too, which would be interesting. That would be a big splash for them, you know, if they were to return to the NBA and you know Jeff Van Gundy uh, potentially could be part of that. Um, and then you know you kind of you know think a little bit about you know those TNT possibilities with with Jeff Van Gundy, his brothers over there. You know that could be interesting. You know three three person brief uh, Harlan and the Van Gundy brothers. You never know, but uh, yeah, real fascinating there. And then. Mark Jackson, Mike Breen, do they bring in Mike? I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts here, you know, a, a third member t- to that crew. Yeah. Does it become a two-person booth? Is Doris Burke, you know, on deck here? Uh, J.J. Reddick, perhaps, you know, uh, you know, there, there'll be a lot of speculation there, I'm sure, you know, with, with um, you know, between now and the start of the NBA season or whenever that announcement comes out. But really interesting, and, and then as you mentioned, the – pre and post game show 
on ESPN. Jalen Rose, you know, had done a lot of different things with ESPN, a lot of talk show stuff as well. And uh, yeah, you know, um, is there an opening now on that desk or, you know, do they just go, you know, with one less person on, on that show? Who knows? But uh, yeah, it's just kind of fascinating to, to um, take all this in, you know, it's, it's, it's always kind of awkward and difficult to talk about guys who, you know, have just lost their job and that kind of thing and are uprooting families perhaps and things like that. But man, I mean, you know, we'll continue to go down the list, but these are big names and ones that, you know, very few people saw coming in most cases. Yeah, you mentioned some. Doris Burke's name has been brought up. J.J. Redick, uh, Richard Jefferson, I think he was another one uh, whose name's been put out there. So we'll see if they go to a three-person uh, uh, booth here uh, for the NBA and the NBA Finals. Keep in mind, you know, during the regular season, they don't work as a three-person group all that much. It's usually a two, and then it gets to three when they get to the playoffs with Breen, uh, Jackson, and Van Gundy. Uh, maybe they do two during the regular season and then add a third person there. But you would think if they're going to put a third person in there, they would want to work together during the regular season a little bit at least uh, to get them ready for playoff games. So that's a that's a big one. Um, and, Mike, one more name, you know, from, from your uh, parts up there in Philadelphia is Doc Rivers. You know, there's been talk about him getting back into broadcasting, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, he certainly uh, has, has – you know, been accomplished in broadcasting, just like he's been a head coach over the years in the, in the NBA. So um, interesting to see if, if he's a factor in all this as well. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is because of cost. Some people believe, well, he's getting paid a lot of money on the contract that he's not working. They might not have to pay him what they would pay some of these other analysts if they were to come into the mix. So good one there. Jalen Rose, we mentioned uh, on the desk, will they replace him in the studio? He had also done some other appearances on some of their shows. Uh, I, I think these three, or these two, really three, Susie Colber, Steve Young, both part of the Monday night coverage, and then you had um, Keyshawn Johnson, Matt Hasselbeck, who are also part of a lot of their NFL coverage. But Susie Colber, 27 years, Monday night countdown, Steve Young, who you saw on Monday Night Countdown since the year 2000, uh, those two names on Monday nights um, are are, uh, are no longer going to be a part of the coverage. Susie Colber was the one that sort of, if Van Gundy was the bigger biggest stunner for me, Colber is who like struck home for me the most, you know, as far as like kind of like hitting my, my heart space and, you know, made me feel kind of sad and so forth. And, you know, Susie, um, by the way, a, a university of Miami graduate back in the, in the eighties and got her start down there. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, don't recognize her quite enough as a bit of a trailblazer as well, you know, sort of like the next generation of trailblazer, you know, there's, there's folks like Leslie Visser, and, you know, that first wave, Jackie McMullen, uh, sports media figures like that who really sort of, you know, started to to break open that that glass ceiling. But Susie Colber being more of a contemporary for a lot of the upcoming female, um, you know, sports media types and, and announcers and so forth, I think has been a big, big inspiration for, for a lot of them. And, you know, started at ESPN after, you know, working some local TV down in the Miami market. Uh, she was a product of a famous... Uh, sports producer down in Miami, Bernie Rosen, who cultivated all sorts of talents like uh, Chris Myers and, and so forth to eventually go on to, you know, national careers. But 27 years, as you mentioned, at ESPN started in 93, 
you remember that launch of ESPN two and how it was all like cutting edge and, and, you know, sort of new wave uh, type feel to it. Well, she was a big part of that and that kind of got her going and got her reps and so forth and um, went to Fox for a few years, but then eventually back to ESPN and, you know, most recently part of that Monday night countdown crew, um, you know, just, Loved, you know, throughout that, you know, NFL media uh, community, you know, and I think is a real, real, um, you know, popular figure that, you know, people might have just kind of taken for granted because she does such a good job, you know, year in and year out. Uh, And she tweeted out her, you know, sort of send off a little bit grateful for a 38 year career. Um, heartbreaking, but 27 years at ESPN was a good run. And she says the next step is a project that gives back. So you got to, got to respect that. So uh, all the best to Susie Colbert uh, moving forward. And then you mentioned Steve Young, Keyshawn Johnson, Matt Hasselbeck, you know, all part of that NFL coverage as well. All guys who've, who've been around a little while, especially Young, you know, he's been around since the year 2000. Um, so yeah, these were again, kind of seismic uh, big name uh, that that dropped uh, this time on the on the NFL side, you know, to go in addition to, you know, those big names on the NBA side. Yeah, uh, Steve Young, you know, he's one of those guys you only really saw on Monday nights. That's the only time he didn't do the shows. He didn't do a lot of other stuff. Just on Monday night, you would see Steve Young. So uh, obviously it sounds like when you see a guy like Steve Young, okay, versatility. He only really works one night. Um, there Keyshawn Johnson, he's doing the radio show. It affects me because I, uh, waiting for to see what the new morning show is going to be on my radio station. But Keyshawn Johnson, uh, was also doing a lot of stuff. Get up, um, first take. He was a little bit more versatile in those other avenues, but he also did the radio show in the morning. And, you know, I think it's a big sign that ESPN is really devaluing and focusing less and less and less on their audio and radio product. Yeah, uh, inter- interesting point. And, you know, I think that certainly can be said, at least for the the, the audio, radio, talk show product. I, I, I'm still seeing resources on the, the live sports side, and I hope that doesn't, you know, um, you know give in, in any way, you know, because, you know, that's, I think, a, a still very, very important part of, of the overall experience, you know, no doubt. And, you know, somehow it, it's – it's continued to kind of uh, stand strong, but you're right. You know, um, the just kind of, once again, the change in sports media in sort of like, you know, where the direction that folks are going, we talked to, you know, George Sedano last week at versatility, you know, you mentioned that seems to be a key, you know, for, for anybody in, in the sports media business, the, the more hats you can wear, the more skills you have um, that, you know, that's what we're, we're continuing to tell students, you know, you can't just be a, uh, play-by-play announcer and nothing else anymore. You need to know how to, you know, shoot your own video. You need to know how to, you know, write a story. You need to know how to to do all these things. And, you know, the more sports you're able to, um, you know, uh, commentate on and so forth as well, it's only going to help your cause also. Yeah, there's a lot tied in there because we mentioned Matt Hasselbeck. He did a lot of Sunday NFL countdown. And, you know, he, he had uh, been a guy. His brother Tim is also still at the network uh, so you see him from time to time. Um, so Matt Hasselbeck, also part of Sunday NFL Countdown, but we go back to Keyshawn Johnson in the radio side. Uh, Max Kellerman, also a part of the cuts. Now, he had kind of, you know, he had been on first take. He had famously or infamously kind of been pushed out by Stephen A. Smith. 
and landed on his feet at this radio show, and they gave him his own TV show, but he seems to be uh, being kind of moved on because Pat McAfee's coming in, and McAfee is getting that time slot on television, uh, and then they decide to push out the radio show as well. So Max Kellerman, who has done boxing, and he has been a, a, a guy who's done a lot of debating, hosted the radio show. Uh, a very talented guy. We'll see what ends up happening with MaxNet. But Max and Keyshawn gone. Ironically, I was driving to work this morning. And I heard Jay Williams still on the radio. So he did not, so far anyway, uh, get let go. And uh, it sounds like they are rebranding the radio version uh, for the time being. And it is just ESPN Radio Mornings. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. But, um, you know, it's it's a sad thing because real quick, I guess we'll jump to one other radio name, which was Jason Fitz. And I know Jason personally. Um, I mean, this is, to me, that's the model of a guy who you say, never say no. If they ask, always say yes. He did everything. He was big on TikTok. I don't think people realize that. He did like Sports Center on TikTok. He did college football stuff on TikTok. He hosted the hot dog eating contest, for God's sakes. I mean, hey, can you do this? Yes. He filled in on every shift on ESPN Radio, and he finally got the opportunity to do this midday show, Fitz and Harry. And it lasted about three, four months before they pulled him out as well. And, uh, you know, those are the kind of guys that, like, they grind, they grind, they grind, they say yes to everything, and this is the reward. That, to me, was a very sad name to see because he's – a guy who does everything a company asks. Yeah, t- tough stuff, uh, no doubt about it. And, you know, in, in the, the names that aren't mentioned at all are the behind-the-scenes folks, you know, so it's worth, you know, um, talking about that a little bit too because, you know, those are names that we we don't even get to hear. Or, you know, maybe you see a, a, a tweet here and there and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, and oftentimes those are the, the, the grinders, you know, and, 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 and they unfortunately – um, you know, are victims as well of these corporate mandated, you know, layoffs from, well, you know, the, the big public corporation. Yeah. And, and you're right. A lot of the behind the scenes, and I think there was multiple waves of this. So a lot of people behind the scenes were part of one wave and now the on air people. Uh, but LaFonso Ellis, I mean, he's somebody they use during college basketball a lot. You see him during the college basketball season, during a plethora of nights where there's these games on that. You know, somebody's got to fill that time, and it was him and Seth Greenberg and Reese Davis doing that college game day with with Jay Billis for years. Um, you know, he's a guy that you, you might not even the, the the common fan might not recognize, but Lafonso had been there. He played at Notre Dame. Ashley Brewer was a Sports Center anchor, and you think to yourself, you know, did they just throw a dart at the wall and say Ashley Brewer? She's the one that's gone. Like, what stands out about Lafonso or Ashley Brewer that they were the ones? Uh, David Pollack, game day, one of their biggest entities, college game day since 2011. And, you know, they decide to break that show up, which really is starting to get a couple changes now because Lee Corso is obviously phasing out. Pat McAfee is phasing in. But David Pollack, you know, they were kind of phasing him into that show. And now he is out of the show. Another college big name that you heard on college game day, uh, Gene Wojcicki is a guy that, man, every week they check in with him. Uh, he tweeted about his exit, but that was kind of a, a – the fact that they touched college game day, I was shocked at that. 
Yes, the, the that last you know little grouping of, of names you mentioned. Uh, first, Lafonso Ellis, from all accounts, everyone who I've ever heard speak of him is one of the nicest guys uh, in the industry. Period. You know, everyone you know uh, gets along and, and, and enjoys the company of Lafonso Ellis. He actually was a candidate for the Miami Heat's TV analyst role uh, a couple years ago. I remember his name coming up there so you know that that's a tough one to sort of you know wrap your hands around then you mentioned the the college game day guys on the college football side david pollock he began at espn in 2009 and was a incredibly fast riser just two seasons later you know was part of that college game day uh panel and you know continued to you know, be a big factor there and gained a ton of uh, popularity on the show and, and so forth I remember meeting David. I worked in the same booth as him for a, a stats gig at the very, very beginning of his career. And I kind of got this vibe that uh, he's going to to be something big. Um, it was like he was an analyst for, you know, sort of like a mid-major college football game kind of thing. And the amount of preparation and just the, you know, sort of drive that he had to perfect his craft. Like he was being very meticulous uh, preparing for the game, you know, all the way up to the, you know, to when the lights went on and, you know, just a couple years later became part of that college game day uh, set. So that's, uh, you know, one that's, it's kind of tough to, you know, understand. And then you mentioned Gene Wojciechowski, you know, um, one of these guys who was a, outstanding sports writer you know and there, there's that whole kind of part of sports media and sports broadcasting the sports writer or the journalist who becomes an on-air personality and he was one of the biggest ones in the college football world he he always kind of reminded me also of um Ivan Mazel you know who who's no longer at ESPN as well and those kind of guys who've just been in the sport part of the fabric of the sport for so many years that institutional knowledge and he would do some of those great essay pieces um sort of like uh Tom Rinaldi does and, and so forth um for a lot of the college game day shows and also do some great reporting too so um that was you know a, a tough one to digest also um another college basketball name worth mentioning too is Jordan Cornett you know um He's only been around a couple of years, but he was a big part of the ACC network and kind of all that they were doing there. Also would have some, you know, um, game broadcast opportunities also as an analyst. So there, there's another name there. And, you know, Todd McShay, you know, who people saw as, you know, heading into, you know, that Michael Mel Kuyper role and in many ways, you know, uh, became synonymous with the NFL draft, just like Mel Kuyper's been over so many years. So there's just a ton of names here that are just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and like you said, they, they, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You can't like put them all into, you know, there's into a certain group and say, you know, this is why. Well, I, I wanted to go McShay singularly for myself because that was another name I was stunned with because of how big the NFL is to uh, to ESPN. On top of the fact that the the ESPN Monday Night Football is an entity, they got rid of Col- Colbert and Young. Okay, that's NFL, huge entity. Monday Night Football, their biggest property, they got rid of that. Uh, Sunday Night or Sunday Countdown with Hasselback and and you know that. But the draft itself, to have someone who specializes that much in the draft, and for as much as they use those guys during that draft season, 
You have Mel on the television side, and generally McShay does the radio side. But to get rid of McShay on that platform, now I know they brought in some guys this year. I think like Jordan Reed was a name that I don't think people saw that much on, on the draft this year, but he did a lot of stuff over at .com. I was really surprised that this many NFL people, the draft Monday night countdown, were let go. I mean, the biggest entity they have is the NFL, and they have this many people NFL-wise affected. Todd McShay was another one for me uh, that was a stunner. And then Nick Friedel, the poor guy, was on television the day that he got let go. They had him in there on Friday doing Get Up. I mean, I had been watching – First take and get up or on behind me here all the time during the day. You know, the, the, the TV's on. He had been doing a lot of fill-in work in the last week or two with Stephen A. Smith out and a lot of the regulars out. He had been really getting propped up with his NBA coverage. He was on the air the day that he got let go. I mean, boy, oh, boy. Uh, that was a that was an odd one to see there. And... Uh, Nick Friedel, you know, with the NBA, I had talked to him a lot on the air. He had used to cover the Bulls when they did kind of like, um, you know, uh, you covered a certain team. He he did the Bulls beat a lot, Chicago. This year I had him on when the Sixers played Brooklyn. He was covering Brooklyn uh, this year because of the Durant, Harden, and uh, Kyrie. So he was on that beat. Um, you know, pretty surprised there uh, to see that. And then June Lee, you know, Baseball, obviously, is getting pushed and pushed and pushed out more and more and more. He was a writer, covered baseball, um, the Baseball Tonight Live, the ESPN streaming pregame show. Uh, so you're seeing them also devalue baseball a little bit more. Uh, another one was Doug Kazarian, which is a head-scratcher for me, big time. With gambling as big as it is, you really only have one guy who is kind of the face of your gambling him and Joe Fortinball, I guess. But Doug Kazarian's the guy who hosts your daily show on gambling, which I thought that was odd to say, hey, we gambling is getting so big, we have one show dedicated to it, and we're going to get rid of that guy. Um, I, I thought was was a bizarre one as well. Yeah, t- tough to, to to figure this out, no, no doubt about it. And, um, again, you know, really wish all the best to, to all these names we've been – been listing off plus the ones that we we haven't talked about you know if there's rob any Dinkovich, sort of silver lining way, rob ninkovich but, by the way another nfler who has gone we we you know we we mentioned all these nfl moves rob ninkovich was another one um and, and there's a couple others that uh you know neil everett who had been there forever chris chelios they just got the nhl and then they say hey we just got the nhl up. we're gonna get rid of one of our nhl analysts so it, it was a bizarre uh, it was almost like they picked the names out of a hat. Yeah, it, it, it is bizarre. And uh, again, like I don't think it has anything to do with with quality of work. Um, and there's some sort of accounting going on, some sort of calculus that I can I can only imagine is making these decisions because there isn't really any um, rhyme or reason to it. You know, if there's a silver lining to to all this. There are opportunities out there, and there's life after ESPN, you know, for, that a lot of guys have been able to to establish. You know, uh, Dan Lebetard and, and company come to line with uh, Meadowlark Media. Also, you know, Bill Simmons and The Ringer and all, all the opportunities that he's created for folks over there, not to mention the other networks and stuff. So, you know, 
obviously tough, tough news for 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 all these folks and anyone affected by the the you know the Disney and ESPN layoffs. But um, also want to just wish everybody you know the best of luck as you know some of them you know might reinvent themselves and and do something entrepreneurial. Uh, who knows? And so it'll be interesting to watch sort of like the transactions ticker as we move forward, not just of, you know, hopefully not too many more of, of, of these kind of, you know, this kind of news with these layoffs, but also, you know, guys getting back on their feet at, with, uh, you know, new opportunities and at new places. Yeah. And this is interesting. A lot of people think that the Disney layoffs are a, you know, result of a failed streaming situation that they put so much into their streaming and have lost so much money on the streaming side that Disney, you know, and which includes Disney Plus, Hulu, they put so many resources into that that it was mandated that because this has been such a failing proposition, we need to cut back. And I, you know, I, you don't hope, wish well, you don't want to see the place go under because it is such a big entity. But you are cutting talented people to allow them to go to a competitor now and pull against you. Um, I wish, you know, some of these decisions were thought a little more thoroughly although i will say the last round of cuts five years ago many of those names were big names i remember hearing you know jason stark and big time writers at that time and you thought my gosh how are they going to go on without these guys and they always seem to do it because here's the thing um there's a lot of talented people out there so the person that takes somebody else's job it's going to be a talented person that enters our life and you wonder if they just said hey look it's time now to really change the complexion of who we are and change what we are. Um, you know, these names and faces have been on this TV screen or whatever for X amount of years, and maybe it's just time to go in another direction. But uh, I, I, I look, it's wonder. Did you throw a dart? Did you pull a name out of the hat? It, it, the, some of these names are really uh, unbelievable, but we'll see what's next for all of them. And, of course, uh, when they make moves, we'll talk about them here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. I'll give you the last word, Phil, before – we move on to uh, some uh, people who did get hired, by the way, um, coming up in our next segment here. But I'll give you the last word on the ESPN layoffs, which hopefully uh, we are past and 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 everybody um, you know is safe from this point on. But you never know. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, I think they're you know according to you know reports and you know the people who really follow this kind of stuff, there there probably will be even more. You know, Disney, you know, the parent company announced earlier this year, 7,000 jobs within the, you know, the parent company would be eliminated. So, you know, I don't think, again, this isn't a reflection, I don't think, necessarily on ESPN, you know, which continues, as we've talked about before, to provide, you know, the live sports content, which is like the one bulletproof, you know, entity on television to be able to, you know, continue to sell advertising and, and things like that. So, you know, just really, really uh, tough stuff, you know, again, um, you know, well wishes to all the, all the families and all the people affected by this. It's a sad reality of the sports media world and the sports industry altogether that, that this is um, possible. And part of it is, you know, you know, it's the, the management does feel like, you know, there's always going to be demand. There's always going to be people who who want to work at, you know, the, these places with big brand names and that kind of thing. And so, therefore, you know, people are expendable and we can do things uh, cheaper in that kind of thing. I remember early in my career um, on the as a sports PR person, and unfortunately, there's been some PR people laid off as part of this uh, as well. But I remember asking a, a big boss of mine about 
salaries in, in saying, hey, you know, we seem to be losing from our organization all sorts of good people. You know, they, you know, they, they leave because uh, we don't pay them enough. And his answer, you know, and it was the it was his honest answer to me. And I appreciate his honesty, but I didn't like the answer was there's a line of people out there who want to work in the sports industry. And uh, there'll, there'll always be somebody talented who who's able to step into that job. And, you know, if, if um, we can get away with paying them this amount, we're going to keep doing that. And so, you know, that's been sort of the world that we live in, in the sports media and the sports uh, industry that, you know, I don't think a lot of times management really values longevity and chemistry and just rewards talent the way they they should, especially in those behind the scenes roles that, you know, unfortunately aren't getting the headlines and aren't getting the discussions uh, like we've been able to give these guys today. You know, we've concentrate so much on the the on air folks, you know, with with what we do with 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 this show and, and so forth. But, you know, all the best to everybody trying to, you know, figure out their next move and so forth. And again, it's just sort of like the nature of the beast in the sports media and the sports industry world. And, you know, whatever um, anyone can do to sort of insulate themselves from that, whether it's, you know, maybe having a, a a second gig or whatever it might be, you know, because this can, this is proof that that it can happen to anybody. And I guess that's the, the kind of the, the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah. And keep in mind, as we mentioned, it did happen before. uh, And a lot of those people you see doing other things, they might not be as visible, but they are out there, you know, Jason Starks over at the MLB Network. He does a lot of stuff. He has the Starkville podcast uh, that he does with Doug Glanville. He writes for The Athletic. A uh, guy like Andy Katz. Uh, you see him on college basketball all the time. Uh, but, you know, now he's at Big Ten Network and FS1. And, you know, he um, these guys are landing on their feet. They're, they are doing other things because there are more opportunities out there. Um, and, you know, keep in mind, a lot of these people – could go on now to uh, start their own things because, as you mentioned, the Levitard thing. YouTube is a platform now. Uh, that's where um, Pat McAfee came from. He, he took a chance on himself uh, and did YouTube and, and now landed back on his feet. Oh, he was already on his feet. Uh, but he, he, he just decided he didn't want to do the work anymore. Um, not that he didn't want to do the work. He didn't want to do the, the behind-the-scenes stuff as much, booking and all that kind of stuff. But – yeah, it's an ever-changing industry. We're watching it right now, and we talk about it a lot, how many different opportunities there are. You know, there's so many young broadcasters that I hope listen to this podcast and listen to people's journeys. The young people have so many more opportunities now with ESPN Plus and all of these different, you know, online-only entities where you can do play-by-play, you know, on a on a streaming service or a YouTube platform that just simply, even if it's regional or localized to your area, that just weren't out there. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people out there now, unfortunately, and, you know, that means uh, the competition uh, is just going to get greater and greater because more great talents are looking for jobs now. So um, we'll continue to cover it here at the Announcer Schedules podcast. Let's go to some positive stuff uh, because we're going to see a new name at CBS for the NFL in week number one. J.J. Watt is now a part of the NBC, uh, excuse me, the CBS team. Yeah, big uh, announcement here as far as, you know, kind of the the big names available in terms of uh, ex-players and and so forth. J.J. Watt, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, 
multi-year deal with CBS Sports where he'll be on um, all their platforms, but uh, most notably the the NFL today, and he'll make his debut in week one of this NFL season as a studio analyst there. So he'll be a you know pre and halftime and post game. Uh, analyst for CBS Sports, and so that, you know that was a, a a big big hire that I think people were keeping an eye on. You know where JJ Watt was going to land, and he's heading to CBS. All right, uh, MLB is now Fourth of July passes. We have the All Star Game coming up, and there's a couple big moments that happened. Uh, Apple TV, and uh, there is uh, a lot happening in the baseball world as we get to All Star uh, the All Star break. Yeah, the, this past weekend I was able to to digest a, a good amount of Major League Baseball. Um, you know, I was watching some of the the TBS coverage uh, last night. Uh, Brian Anderson and Ron Darling were on the call for Padres and Angels. And then on Apple TV this last Friday night, you know, there, there were a couple you know notables. You know, the, this Pirates Brewers game was was pretty wild. And then um, also you know action out in. Uh, the West Coast with the, with the Angels again and all that's going on with uh, Otani. But um, good to see, you know, sort of Apple TV starting to hit its stride a little bit last year. You know, that was a big discussion piece um, or hit their stride this year. Last year, it was a big discussion piece where, you know, a lot of people were kind of grumbling about how those booths were going. But, you know, uh, this year it seems like, you know, uh, they've got got it clicking pretty good over there at Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, this one, uh, let's take a listen to the, the video that many people may have seen. Uh, Alex Faust on the call on this walk-off home run from Carlos Santana where he is kind of disco boogieing around the bases. Santana cranks one deep right The walk-off home run there from Carlos Santana uh, at PNC Park, which, by the way, I will be at in a couple of weeks. I'm going to Philly's Pirates at PNC Park, one of my favorite ballparks out there. But a fun call there by Alex Faust. Yeah, Alex Faust, just uh, outstanding stuff there. What a moment, uh, Carlos Santana. You know, you mentioned the disco moves. Good. Makes you think back to the the We Are Family days. And Alex Faust, you know, he he, he does some, some real good work uh, across multiple sports. Uh, you see him on FS1 as well. And he's been, you know, a steady force on this new Apple TV Plus uh, grouping this year. And then um, out in, on the West Coast, you know, Wayne Rendazzo, which is um, – He's having a big year. You know, he got the gig with the Angels as the the television play-by-play voice. He's one of these voices on Friday night, Apple TV+. Plus. Um, obviously, the, the Angels making news with all that Otani is doing. So, Randazzo gets to, to call all this uh, history in the making out there uh, with the Angels. And this past week, it was kind of interesting whereby uh, Randazzo got to call an Angels game on Apple TV Plus. So that made his his travel easy where he was able to to do the rest of the the series 
uh, for the Angels broadcast. Um, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. We, we talked to announcers about this quite a bit. I'm, you know, he had to change his, you know, uh, delivery, I'm sure, or his execution a little bit, you know, being it was a national broadcast, you know, versus the Angels broadcast. But uh, in this case on Friday night with Dontrell Willis as his analyst, you know, he got to call another big moment from Otani and, you know, Wayne Randazzo, uh, certainly a name to continue to keep your eye on as he went from the Mets to the Angels and is having a big year here in 2023. Yeah, let's check in on that one. That's Dontrell Willis uh, with the analyst there. He said, hey, what did I say? One mistake. Well, the mistake, Wayne Wondazzo uh, hit that one right on the head as Shohei Otani uh, goes yard there. We'll see if Shohei is going to be able to pitch in the All-Star game. He got removed from the game. The Angels all of a sudden on 4th of July had all sorts of issues uh, with Mike Trout going, uh, leaving. He'll be out six to eight weeks. I think um, uh, Rendon ended up leaving the game and Otani all on the same night. Upcoming on uh, Friday night, Apple TV Plus, Braves, Rays, two best teams in both leagues, Orioles, Twins. Orioles are a fun team this year. Um, you know, Saturday, you've got ESPN Radio with our buddy Mike Cousins, who's been a guest of the pod uh, for that Orioles, Twins. Uh, Saturday night, you've got Fox broadcast with that Rays, Braves, Mariners, Astros. And then the Futures game is on uh, Peacock this year. Yeah, Saturday night, the Futures game goes off. I, I know this uh, continues to be a, a, a cool property for, for Major League Baseball, and it's on Peacock this time around. Dave Sims, another former guest of the podcast, will be handling play-by-play for that. Uh, that's convenient for Dave since all the All-Star game and festivities are in Seattle, and he's uh, you know the voice of the Mariner, so he's able to you know work out of his uh, friendly confines there. Along with him will be Yonder Alonzo, Jonathan Mayo, uh, Sierra Santos, and Caroline Pineda uh, reporting as well. So uh, look forward to checking that out on Saturday night. And then, you know, action continues on Peacock on Sunday, that that package that they've been doing early on Sundays, Rangers Nationals, Brendan Burke, the, the play-by-play there. And then no Sunday night baseball this week, Mike, uh, with the All-Star game. You know, this is sort of um, standard procedure, you know, as far as the schedule goes. They kind of get all the, the Sunday day games done early so they can everyone can start their All-Star break that much earlier. And, you know, then we'll have the, the All-Star game on Tuesday uh, from Seattle on Fox. So expect all the big Fox names for that one, including Derek Jeter on that, that studio show. And then, of course, you know, Joe Davis, John Smoltz, uh, Ken Rosenthal. Uh, giving you the call of that one. Yeah, by the way, Dave Sims, uh, we had him on. Go back to the archives and check out Dave. If you want to hear his path to the booth, you can check that out in our archives here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. And we talked about John Sterling 
a couple weeks ago as he took one off the noggin there. Well, he's now 85 years old. Happy birthday to the Yankees radio play-by-play voice. Yeah, John Sterling, happy 85th birthday. Born on the the 4th of July, by the way, uh, which is – you know, always interesting, you know, and, you know, a couple of things on, on this one, uh, George Steinbrenner was also born on July the 4th. So kind of a, a big day in, in Yankees history, if you follow the, the birthdays, at least. And then kind of a funny moment. Uh, there was a, a special delivery to the press box um, yesterday uh, as the Giants, uh, the New York Giants, the football Giants, uh, sent a special birthday gift to John Sterling. And what was it? It was a football helmet, a New York Giants football helmet, with the idea that he could be safe from future foul balls in the booth. So, you know, nice little piece of humor, you know, keeping it light. And uh, it was cool to see you know, that that kind of get out there and and for, um, you know, John Sterling to, to, to laugh about that even, even further. But, you know, Sterling, uh, an institution on Yankees radio, we've talked about him quite a bit on this show, you know, um, him cutting back and so forth and, you know, potential uh, successors and all that kind of thing. But happy 85th birthday. We love celebrating these announcers who who – keep it going, you know, um, you know, into their eighties and so forth. And we've talked about a, a bunch of them. Hubie Brown, you know, immediately comes to mind as a, as another guy we talked about recently, but you know, cool stuff here with, with John Sterling turning uh, 85. And also I saw a few clips uh, going around too. People might not uh, remember or realize he was a big part of the TBS coverage back in the day when the Braves were on the Superstation. So there's some older John Sterling clips uh, floating around there, uh, from his uh, Braves calls as well, which are are worth noting. But happy birthday, John Sterling, and uh, you know here here's to to many more. Uh, happy 85th. All right, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe. Go back to the archives. Kate Scott was on episode 52. Brian Boucher was on episode 51. Pat McCarthy was on episode 50. The uh, Mets radio. Uh, announcer, Also, Mark Jones on the NBA, episode 48. I think Mark is actually going to be doing Victor Wambayama's uh, debut. I think I saw him tweeting about that. You know, the Summer League, we didn't get into that much, but the Summer League is now happening. That's when Craig Bowlerjack uh, is always on your TV screen. Uh, you hear Craig, he's the voice of the... Um, Utah Jazz. Jazz. He does a lot of the, the the Utah Summer League games. So you hear Craig Bowler Jack on those NBA TV games. Yeah, and you know, Holly Rose part of that broadcast too. I mean, talking about a tireless Thurl Bailey. Holly Hello, Rose. There's a name yeah. for you. And then Thurl Bailey too. Yeah. So so um yeah, cool stuff. You know, is the NBA Summer League. It feels like we just wrapped up with the NBA Finals, but they're they're, they're getting right back at it. You know, uh, that started this week and. Uh, yeah, you know, um, always some sports on television. I also got to check out the Wimbledon and, and Tour de France that we talked about last show as well. And do want to just give one more plug to the George Sedano conversation we had, you know, late last week. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I encourage you to do so. Some great stuff there as far as the Miami markets, the Los Angeles markets, how, what it's like to interview Coach Pop in in this kind of thing. and. You know, um, that that was a thrill, and, and big thanks to, to George, you know, for coming on the show. And if you haven't had the chance, make sure you check that one out as well. Yeah, George was on last week. In fact, I'll give a shout-out to George because he just retweeted the uh, conversation. Uh, so uh, I'm sure a ton of more people will now have their eyes in front of that. Mark Zumoff on the pod recently. Steve Levy 
was on the pod. We had a fun conversation a while back with Connor Onion. Uh, if you guys remember the Maction call, he talked about that. Uh, so we have a, a wide variety of great broadcasters if you want to go back and listen to on the feed. Like, rate, review, subscribe. That'll do it for us here on Last Word on Sports. Uh, tell me a story I don't know with George Hoffman drops on Tuesdays. Last Word on Sports Media with TJ Reeves. That drops on Wednesdays. We drop on Thursdays generally here. And every once in a while, we'll do a standalone interview. So make sure you subscribe to Last Word on Sports Media and the Announcer Schedules pod. So if we do do a standalone like we did last week with George Sedano, that you do get that interview delivered to your podcast feed. All right. That'll do it for Phil and Mike right here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July. And we will be back next week. This has been episode 55 of the Announcer Schedules podcast.